So let me guess. The game ends with you in, uh, in bankruptcy due to a large amount of student debt that you can't pay off with your minimum Pre- wage job. Pretty close. I mean, <laughs> it's in the game. <laughs> Welcome to episode 101. This episode of 2 we talk about wonderful pick, games of all kinds, and does X-Men have another Phoenix fail? I'm Al Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. Anton, uh, how was your week? Man, it's been pretty crazy busy for me since the last time we recorded. Um, I was at the convention a lot because uh, there was a show... Uh, pertaining to my business, which is in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was pretty much there the whole time, meeting up with people, going to meetings. And yeah, it was just insane. We would have like party after parties. Yeah. Just so, mingling. Yeah, just mingling. And yeah, I was pretty much busy the whole entire weekend. So yeah, no, I know. I hit you up on, what is it, Thursday? Oh, no, no, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, I was like, hey, what's the status of the episode? You're like, dude, I'm dead. I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally dead. Because uh, usually at the very end of any type of convention, especially if you have a booth uh, with products or any, of any kind, you have to clean up. Yeah. And dude, it is such a bitch cleaning up uh, <laughs> all those booths and everything. Not, so, not to mention, but like also the inconvenience, because I'm sure like you guys have to carry that stuff out of whatever convention center you're, out, you're at. Yeah, and chances are you're not by right by the door, are you? Uh, yeah, we're like dead center. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the thing that sucks about a lot of these conventions is if you're, um, you know, if you have a booth, especially mm-hmm. anything that you, you break down and you need to carry outside, you can't bring in like a pallet jack. You can't bring in, um, you know, any type of um, thing like a dolly or anything like that. It has to be done by the union workers at the conventions. Oh, their people. Yeah, it has to be their people that bring stuff out. Uh-huh. So if you get injured or anything, you know, they can't really compensate for that. So that's why mm-hmm. they have u- the union workers there. Um, yeah, so. That's a that's a uh, logistical nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. So I, I had a question coming from one of my coworkers, and this is, this is off topic, but I want to get your take on it. Okay. Do you think that GameStop will be around in five years? I think they will still be here for a while, but uh, I think the only thing that is keeping them alive is pretty much selling other junk. Which, uh, this is what I put in my coworker, a lot of their other junk mm-hmm. is now easily available on Amazon, Target, Walmart. I, I think the only thing they have is like the exclusive items in which I don't really like even video game releases. I haven't really gotten any good like DLC or anything like that from video game releases from them in a while. Yeah. So I um, think that's the reason why they uh, I, I don't know if they bought Think Geek or not, but most of their stuff are from Think Geek and they also have a Think Geek store here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they branched out to any other states yet, but I haven't uh, seen it. Yeah, there's two main stores here and it's I actually go in there and I buy stuff pretty much uh, every Christmas time. Um, yeah, but saves on shipping time. Yeah, it saves a lot on shipping time. But yeah, I I don't know. Um, at this rate, I think eventually GameStop will probably be gone. Yeah, but that kind of 
kind of makes sense because everything that we usually buy now is based off of downloadable. Right. And that's what I was mm-hmm. telling my coworker that a lot of their business now is just buying and selling used games, which that is still screening them over because they buy it at such a low rate and they just pretty much sell it as if it's brand new. Uh, probably like what, $15 discount? Yeah. And you already know that, you know, PC gamers already moved on. They haven't yeah. been like PC gamers themselves have haven't been into a video game store for a very long time mm-hmm. because everything that they usually buy is from Steam. I don't think I even see a PC section at, at the GameStop in my house. No, I mean, yeah. I, I, I do see like a small section. but It's mostly like um, like little tiny boxes. Uh, okay. uh, either that or you just see a bunch of like those uh, uh, gift cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, th- those things are so ridiculous too. Like, j- just like having to buy the card. I'm like, no, just buy the credit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just a conversation I had my coworker. I'm like, no. And okay, so and correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't is electronic was electronic boutique the same company or did they got bu- get bought out by GameStop? They got bought out by GameStop. Okay. Um, yeah, because I'm like, yeah, they're gonna. I-, I see GameStop going the way of of like record record stores and all that because everything's digital. Even yeah. the Switch, who has cartridges, yeah. is now selling stuff like on digital copies. Yeah, and I noticed that, you know, I think a lot of people say that GameStop is one of the worst companies to work for. Um, I'm already seeing a couple of stores close down. Like, um, yeah, there they're downsizing. Is, yeah, they're downsizing. So, I mean, I guess we are going into that direction where we won't see it anymore. But uh, I think it's going to be a while until everything phases out, uh, especially depending on what the consoles will uh, choose for their medium of uh, media. Like if they're still going with the disc or, or yeah. downloadable only. Well, um, I get, I, I say 2025. That's, that's the year that I think that we'll, we'll be done with GameStop. Okay. Well, yeah. what, what, what Stadia coming out with the prices and everything last week? Um, I, I was going to talk about it in this episode, but we have so many topics to talk about, but they talked a, a little bit about the pricing on how um, it's going to be structured mm-hmm. and uh, what games are going to be launched at the very beginning of it. Um, the, the list of games kind of kind of interesting because it's well, not it's, like crazy. Well, it's still early on too. Yeah, it's still early yeah. on too. You don't know. You know um, what's going to come down the pipeline. But at launch, they already have Destiny 2 um, mm. with all of the expansions uh, included with the package. Yeah. Um and I think it's like ten dollars a month to keep your subscription. You could play mm-hmm. for free, but then um you would have to wait like a, a couple months before that starts. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, the whole subscription thing is another thing. I, uh, that's probably not a separate conversation, but uh, uh yeah, no, I just want to ask you about the whole game something. I wanted to yeah. see if your thought process was was uh in line with what I was saying. Yeah, well, okay, so uh, there's Altamont Mall here. They mm-hmm. closed down the GameStop probably about a year and a half ago, two years. Because hmm. I, I remember going to the mall, I was like, hmm, i probably get a Christmas present for somebody at the GameStop. And there was no GameStop there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're slowly disappearing. Yeah, um, but I do see a lot of box lunches everywhere now. They're yes. at every single store. And that's that's the other thing too. Is like mm-hmm. those stores will be more are more specialized uh to like sub subcultured of geek like shows and games, stuff like that. Does Hot uh, Topic own them or is it Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Box Lunch is a is a 
branch of Hot Topic. So um, if you saw, like, it's probably four or five years ago, Hot Topic used to like have a crap load of Pop Funkos, a lot of like geek-related items. Um, and I guess they saw that that was selling very well. Uh-huh. So it kind of branched off into its own thing. Hot Topic will still have those things, but they just don't promote it as much. They're keeping with the the traditional apparel and stuff like that. I still remember when Hot Topic first opened, it was gothic clothes. Oh, God, I know. Yeah, but it, it was such a weird change. Now it's so pop culture. Just, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm done. All right, ready to get into the show? Yeah, let's do that. All right, uh, let's start off with news. Uh, what's Cyberpunk 2077? Okay, so Cyberpunk 2077, I talked about it in a couple episodes ago. I think it was probably like at least 10 episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a game that takes place in the future uh, in the Cyberpunk world, of course. And everything that you do in there, you pretty much customize your character to its fullest. Uh, anything that you do in the game is fully customizable. Uh, you mm-hmm. level up, you go use your cash to upgrade uh, your eye to get like some type of crazy sight. Uh, you can upgrade your guns uh, so to have like it, specific features. So it, it's the world of Alita. Yes, exactly. It's exactly <laughs> uh, Alita, like sa- yeah. very cyberpunky. Yeah. So um, yeah, they had this Xbox conference today uh, where they show off all the new games and uh, pretty much anything that has something to do with Xbox. So this was one of the games that really. Uh, stood out to me because not only was it something that I want to play, uh, they added a character in there um, that was a pretty big surprise to a lot of people. So during this Xbox conference, there was an actor that came out and a lot of people were trying to figure out what is this actor doing here? So it turns out that he's in the video game and it's Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's pretty cool to have someone uh, that we know in a video game. Um, yeah, I, I, go ahead. Especially with, especially with all this hype right now around um, uh, uh, John Wick, and wasn't he kind of on a show or TV TV show like uh, or TV, or movie recently? Yeah, we're gonna be talking about it later. It's in the streaming okay. section. It's okay. called uh, "Always Be My Maybe." Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I think yeah. that's yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. All right, cool. Uh, and then we not what so Xbox related. That's the announcement, or what's the other Xbox news there? Uh, so, okay, so there was a couple other things that really stood out during the Xbox conference. Uh, I think the biggest one that I would have to tell you would be there's a new Xbox coming out. When? Because I think uh, the last the last project we saw is Project Scorpion. Yeah, Project Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Is this it or something different? Uh, this is this is similar. So they're expecting this to come out at the end of next year. And they're going to unveil uh, the specs and everything probably uh, the next time they have E3 during the summer. So um, this project, is uh, there's a new name for this project. It's called Project Scarlet. And mm. uh, at launch, they're going to feature Halo Infinity with it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, I did hear about the Halo project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I was kind of figured something was going on because there is that uh, Halo, f- f- um, not convention. What's it called? Halo Fan Fest. Oh, Halo Outpost. Outpost. Yeah, so I'm, I'm at- like, okay, they're, they're they're trying to promote Halo again. 
mm-hmm. and allegedly that project that that series of games was done mm-hmm. but i guess we're not done <laughs> no I, I don't think so and i think you know uh, there's gonna be a halo tv show there's gonna be a halo game and well, uh that that that's that mini series or mini i guess like internet internet clips whatever i don't know what they called it um halo forward onto dawn that dude like i think that was the proof of concept for the live action halo movie that everybody says was uh would be too expensive and wouldn't look good mm-hmm. it, it was very entertaining to watch too i really like that series yeah mm-hmm. all right uh let's see here so moving on here google nest google outage what yeah. happened uh i don't know if you heard about this but uh i think it was on monday uh last monday mm-hmm. people couldn't get into their houses so there was a lot of people who had those Nest security systems, especially um, if you have like AC, uh, you can yeah. replace it with your uh, with a Nest unit. And it's basically a smart AC uh, controller. So basically mm-hmm. you learn your um, uh, your temperature that you're comfortable with at home yeah. uh, through the and- app and whatever. So they also came out with the security system that you can have a lock on your front door and it's connected to the same hub and everything. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) people couldn't turn their temperature. People couldn't (laughs) get into their houses. Um, The whole Google server was down for uh, anything that was affiliated with the nest units. So (laughs) I want to hear what you think about this because I I know that a lot of our technology these days uh, revolves around, you know, something that has to be connected to the internet to be able to use yeah uh so something we didn't talk about but i did have an outage last sunday mm-hmm. uh it lasted for a good six seven hours mm-hmm. uh i was fine because i had my battery pack and my phone so i was good yeah. but this kind of brings back to my argument about when we're talking about uh the oh my god what's this? The, the google what's the video game system called again oh uh, or, stadia stadia uh well stadia is that's the thing like if there's an outage you're out of luck you can't play any games locally mm-hmm. at least right now that's from right. what we know mm-hmm. but that's my thought and i mean you get you've seen like people rage out on xbox when we're trying to jump on there's like an outage for the service mm-hmm. um at least you can still play games locally but yeah in this situation which is weird that nest wouldn't have some sort of like local uh a backup system like a wi-fi system yeah, I, I thought the same too, but uh, it needs to be connected to... Okay, so for example, uh, if you wanted to access your Nest unit from your mm-hmm. phone, uh, you would have to connect to the Google servers in order to connect to the Nest because to the Nest is... Yeah, it's authenticating uh, each other through that medium. You, you would have to go over to the Nest unit and then turn it yourself. So especially a lot of people who are so dependable on um you know the whole smart house system yeah yeah that they don't think about bringing their keys with them because they know that once they get to the door they can just use the app to open it well that that's kind of what happened with uh the keyless entry cars when they first started coming out people were locking themselves out because they forgot Mm -hmm. their keys or because or they would they they would get the cars stolen because they left the keys in the in the center console yeah See, that's f- for me. <laughs> I would always leave the keys in my pocket. 
Which is, yeah, I never understood that. Why don't you just take the key, like, leave the keys in there? Like, you don't need to mm-hmm. take them out, just leave them in there. Yeah, and um, especially for the newer cars now, if you leave the keys in the car, it beeps when you leave the car. Oh, just like a little, like, honk to remind you? Yeah, and yeah. there's even a um, image on your dashboard that pops up and says, don't forget your keys. Yeah, I wish people don't pay attention to that. After a while, yeah. people just tune that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I, I'm predicting the fix around this is going to be authenticated devices and they're going to use the Wi-Fi as backup. Mm-hmm. So if you're on the Wi-Fi system and you're on, you're on a trusted device, mm-hmm. no authentication needed, that's going to be your backup in case the system goes down again. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, Anton, uh, moving on to entertainment news. Uh, Deadly, okay. Cl- Deadly Class, uh, part of sci-fi, uh, Variety announced that it's been canceled. See, that's the thing with a lot of these networks is that not a lot of people watch television anymore. It's it's better to have it on streaming services. That yeah. way it has a better chance of surviving. Well, I, I think uh, Marvel was trying to trying to trying to diversify a little bit on their streaming services. Trying mm-hmm. to, you know, they have Netflix, they have this MCU, they have uh, they had this on sci fi, but yeah, that it's it's cancelled. Um, and that's another thing that uh, a lot of people have to understand is a lot of people already cut the cord. Yes. The only thing that they have at home is just internet connection. And the only places to have any type of media that a lot of masses would actually watch would be Netflix, Hulu. Um, yeah, which we yeah. Yeah, which we talked about last time with the whole mm-hmm. uh, Netflix and Netflix seeing Hulu mm-hmm. and Disney Plus as an ally rather it's than It's a great show. Competitor. I mean, I, I watched it. I freaking love it. Yeah, but. well, it has has Lana Lana Condor. Okay, uh-huh. I can't see her name for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin Waysworth or Wadsworth. Waysworth and and uh, Benedict Wong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this was. Oh, and it was produced by the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this is gonna be one of those shows that uh, our our friend Josiah from the Comic Syndicate is gonna be disappointed by because he rarely watches TV, and I think this is one of the shows he was actually checking out and liking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly, um, it's 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 ending. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how that turns out for that cast or see if they try to revive it in some other form. Mm-hmm. No, Siri, I wasn't talking to you. All right. Uh, speaking of freaking <laughs> smart houses, uh, Silicon Valley also season six is going to be its last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also going to be a short season. I think it's going to be about seven episodes. Yeah. Makes sense because a lot of the actors in the show kind of moved on. And a lot of them of are getting roles in different movies. And yeah, it's getting pretty expensive um i mean uh, any show that has more than five seasons it, it gets expensive yeah i'm trying to think who i let me see hold on a second and uh, i so thomas so thomas middle what was his um, was middle Tom, touch middle something i think it's yeah. middle touch uh yeah thomas middle touch um yeah like he's been popping up on more things recently i was like oh yeah. wait he's on there now he's um, on the he was in the godzilla movie right yeah, he's in Godzilla. Mm-hmm. He's been popping up on Bob's Burgers as a voice mm-hmm. actor. Uh, he's been doing like the Verizon ads for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like all these characters have been slowly getting been getting more expensive, and a, a, a such a niche show that only HBO subscribers would be watching is yeah, it's it's amazing. So I'm like, yeah, they're not gonna be able to keep these actors for the pay rate they had. Yeah, all and right. plus I I know a lot of people canceled. HBO services because of uh, yes. no more Game of Thrones. Exactly. So I think they yeah. just kind of wanted to wrap up Silicon Valley, um, mm-hmm. which I think Silicon Valley was offsetting 
the the seasons of um game of thrones yeah yeah so all right uh next announcement we have is magic the gathering animated series uh mm. it's gonna be produced mm. uh produced by the russo brothers and it's gonna be a netflix original oh yeah i heard about that and uh, there's a little teaser too right uh, all all I saw was just a picture of one of the characters. I'm not much a Magic the Gathering fan, um, but I know it's been around for decades, literally mm-hmm. decades at this point. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hardcore people still playing it, and they have. I mean, it, it's it has at least, if not more, different series of cards than Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd be interested to see what kind of content they have around it, mm-hmm. um, or what kind of stories they develop around these characters. Because the feedback I've been getting from people is. But there is no storyline behind them. They're just cards. I'm like, well, that's why you have writers. That's why you have people yeah. that create stories. That's their job is to create a story. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the artists that draw these characters, uh, especially different um, creatures. They write bios for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, There's uh, lore. There's lots of lore. Yeah. So, and yeah, they, they write backgrounds for it so you can develop mm-hmm. its ability, its powers. Um Kind of touching back to the show we talked about before, the toys that made us, mm-hmm. the Transformers animated show from the late eighties. It was just toys, and they wrote stories for them. They're like, "This one looks like Megatron." Yeah, Megatron. He's the leader of them. Yeah, stuff like that. He's a yeah. gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I'm kind of yeah. That, that's kind of interesting because I mean, not only um, is that these card games are still popular. Dungeons and Dragons are, are are starting to be even more popular than ever, and there's yeah. a lot of uh, shows on YouTube now that they spent well, over like two and a half hours doing like a session. There's a there's a show on the Caffeine Network, yeah, uh, Caffeine dot TV mm-hmm. uh, with uh, just, Jeff Kanata. Yeah, Jeff Kanata. Yeah, uh, yeah, they just do live action role playing. Yeah, uh, it's called the uh, Dungeon Run. Have you seen any of it? No, I just been seeing ads. I just been seeing it. I've just seen ads about it, and I kind of mm-hmm. want to check it out. But yeah, it's kind of. Okay. I, I like the production value. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I saw the first episode, and I was really surprised. And uh, they they actually built a whole set. It do, it looks a little bit reminiscent of a uh, of like the old Nickelodeon game shows, like te- uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, right? That's true. Yeah, because uh, when we, when they first start out this uh, this show, uh, you see the players coming out of like a like a skull, like mm-hmm. a, a full on like set. Kind of like what you're saying, like yeah. a Nickelodeon show. Uh, another show that I really liked is uh, Critical Role. I don't know if you ever saw that. Uh, no, but I, I, very, I think I heard, heard you talk about it. Yeah, it's it's uh, Matt Mercer, who you know as McCree. Uh, he's the game master. And uh, dude, I love it so much because he is a very good voice actor. Yeah. So because he's a, 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 a uh, game master... He's basically like narrating the scene. Like he's like, uh, it's it's a very, uh, you know, dark night. There's, you know. uh, that'd be funny if like you're you're like, all right, you're you all all your group is your raid team is in the middle of an empty room. Everything goes dark. In the echo, you hear it's high noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's really awesome because like. For- he plays really good creatures too. Like he makes different voices and everything. And uh, this show was so popular. I think this is what you know started. Um, what's that guy um, that's married to Sofia Vergara? 
Oh, uh um, something Mangalo? Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, he started doing Ma- uh, Man- streams. Man- like- yeah, yeah, pretty much. But the guy from Magic Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh he he's even doing some streams too. So, I think that's what uh ha- what's making a lot of people do these yeah. type of shows is because of they- that. They referenced uh, his love for D and D and like role type role type games in uh, an episode of the Big Bang Theory. Oh, he wow. he was part of uh, Will Will Wheaton's uh, secret D and D group along mm-hmm. with William Shatner. <laughs> oh wow, that's so funny. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, it's a yeah. good throwback. Um, oh, and, and and early reference. So I said high noon uh, for people who don't play Overwatch. High noon. When you hear high noon. It means that your team's like about to get fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, when you hear that, you're like, oh, where, where's, where's like, another room? Where's it coming from? Where's it from? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. All right. All right. Moving on to more game news. Uh, we also hear rumors that there's going to be an Avengers video game coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, the one quote we got is that it's going to be a, a continuous single, single player game. Uh, oh, Anton, okay. when you hear that, what comes to mind? Uh, like GTA style? <laughs> I don't know. Close. Uh, they're thinking that they're going to be trying to model this after the Destiny uh, blueprints for like the game. So oh, one, it's okay. just it's just a, a sh- uh, you know a series a story you can follow and just do little mini campaigns to achieve the goal. Mm. Um, and so then it's of telling course, like that- different stories with different characters. Exactly, and considering okay. that the Avengers is rich in you know, lore in both the MCU and in the comic book form. It opens it up to a lot of DLC. Mm, you know, okay. you know, within the first year or two, they're going to do a Thanos DLC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, in a way, I guess it's probably kind of like uh, the Fortnite uh, Avengers thing. Yeah. 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 But that was more of a gimmick. Like but yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Anton. Uh, there's some more game news, but this is in the board form. What's going on with mm-hmm. Blockbuster? So Blockbuster is still well. Coming back a little bit. <laughs> the name. The uh, name is. The name. They are uh, releasing a board game. Uh, I think the full name of it is Blockbuster Video Board Game. And this is sold at Target. Target. And I guess it's a party game. So there will be questions like uh, you have to name movies with a city in the title. Uh, movies with planes. Movies right. with Seattle. Tom Cruise. Sex in Seattle. The movie Airplane. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> movies with Tom Cruise. Uh, Top Gun. That's two yeah. for one. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if we're uh, like a hardcore movie fan, then this is probably the game for you. So uh, I think. It's- so so it's trivial. A movie Trivial Pursuit mm-hmm. with uh, like an, a retro spin to it. Yeah. What? And it's $19.99 on Target.com. I think there's a sale right now where you buy two, get one free on selected games. Oh, I was like, I was like why would I want three of the Monop- of the Blockbuster games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I almost slipped up and, and, and well, I kind of gave away the next story is. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, there's another game right now, too. Uh, it is called Monopoly for Millennials. So I actually ended up buying this one because it was one of the deals that was on slickdeals.net. Uh, I think it was Walmart that was selling it for $7.50. So let me guess. The game ends with you in 
uh, and bankruptcy due to a large amount of student debt that you can't pay off with your minimum wage job. Pretty close. I mean, (laughs) it's in the game. (laughs) So uh, this game is basically very similar to the the original, but the only twist is you're not buying property. You're renting. You're paying. You're you're not even renting. You're paying money for experiences. So I mean, you're an intern. You're an unpaid intern. You're paying for your own expenses. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, I mean, it, it goes through the life of a millennial. Uh, so the first couple uh, spaces is your parents' basement. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was uh, that one. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Three-day fest- uh, music festivals. No. So fire, you basically go around and you pay for these experiences. You don't have to. But then you start with a hundred bucks, and you have to use it very wisely. So the objective of the game is, is to real. get a, as many experiences as you can. Yeah. And when the whole board is pretty much all experienced by all players, then you have to count how many experiences you have. And then you realize it's worth nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you did all this and you're broke you have no savings you have no yeah. career you have nothing to show for it yeah but so they know, have a ch- but i went to but i experienced you know the, the edc in 2017 you know that's yeah. cool <laughs> that's- so they have a chance and community chess one of the cards also say known, that also uh, community uh chance of community chess also known as gofundme yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep so I thought that was pretty funny, and and you know for Monopoly to you know throw this out, uh, I had to buy the game, and it was only seven dollars and fifty cents. So why not? I think this is really really fun for millennials because it's so funny. Oh God, uh, mm-hmm. it's sad, but we're, we're, I mean we're I'm in my thirties now. Uh, yeah, we're both in our thirties. What, th- what are we doing? Mm-hmm. I'm going back in time here, um, <laughs> and I'm scared to know how many people I know that don't have a savings account i don't have any money saved away yeah that's because i i think uh these days a lot of people still live with their parents yeah so you know that no not even that really no point not even that but like you you need to have it like uh, if you live with your parents all the more reason you should have a savings but Mm -hmm. people burn through their money now it's all about the experience so i think monopoly nailed it on that one yeah (laughs) all right uh moving on to the next story here we got a wonderful wonder woman pick uh, first look at Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, colorful, this uh, poster. Very colorful. Um, I was telling my girlfriend that I think the the armor definitely looks more battle-ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't look like it's like, you know, decorative. I think the, the vintage look from the old, old Wonder Woman was a good callback to uh, an Amazon warrior. But this one is, it looks more modern, modern mm-hmm. battle-ready. Uh, but along with that picture release... Uh, Patty Jenkins also added on the tweet, by now you've heard WB isn't going to Hall H this year. We're so we're so sad to miss you there and waiting until December is to start the official WW84 campaign in full. So mm-hmm. Wonder 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 Brothers, WB, is uh not gonna be in Hall H in, in the first time in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um there's Very a lot of surprising. Spec- well, it's a lot of speculation. Usually, yeah, they would usually go there for like Godzilla. They would go there to promote uh, Harry Potter stuff. Um, I'm, I guess you know uh, a lot of the superhero stuff too. 
Yeah, uh, the, the rumors are that they just don't want to deal with the, the, the well, not deal with, but they they feel it's too early to address uh, certain questions around like DC properties. Yeah. So why they're doing multiple Jokers? Um, really, the only thing Warner Brothers has to like show that people will love is Wonder Woman, and that doesn't come out until mm-hmm. next summer. Yeah. So it's too early to announce all this stuff, and in the meantime, they're just gonna be dealing with a lot of questions and. Uh, People questioning their uh, strategies for films. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess the only time will tell, and it's smart for them to actually start the yeah. whole campaign, you know, later on. At least teasing it, teasing it without yeah. having to answer questions. That's that's good at marketing, right there. Yeah, uh, this is not on the list, but uh, what do you think about the whole thing that they were talking about? Um, probably about a week ago. I think it was last Friday, not 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 this past Friday, but the Friday before. Okay. They had a secret screening, um, actually screen test for uh, two actors. It was Nicholas Holt and okay. also Robert Pattinson. They were up for a role of Batman. Batman, yeah. The Batman. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about those two actors? We talked about this. We talked about last episode. The the bat- Yeah, two Batman. Oh, three okay. Batmans. Batwoman and the two Batmans. Oh, yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and Pattinson got it. Yeah. I, I, I really think that Pattinson... It's the best one. Yeah, and the funny thing is, uh, uh, shortly after we recorded, I started hearing like on different like outlets uh, judging <laughs> patents ever being picked, and it was the same skepticism I had, which they're like, mm-hmm. so he's done nothing since Twilight, but I'm like, no, Anton told me he has, and he's been he's done a good job of in, in those projects, so yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. All right, um, I think that's it for news. Pretty long news segment there. Um, mm-hmm. Are you ready to move on to streaming? Yeah, let's get into streaming. All right, Anton, in streaming, what's cooking? Okay. Um, So I think it was Wednesday when this came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was looking forward to this show because, I mean, I I was a really big fan of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So this show is called The Chef Show. It's created by Jon Favreau, which uh, is based on his inspiration for the film chef yeah kind of figure so, out like, he's not really thinking outside the box there yeah so uh when he first started this project he needed a consultant uh about how to cook certain things how to cook certain things the right way yeah uh the culinary uh top tier way mm-hmm. like the best of the best so roy Choi, who is a uh really famous chef now he's a celebrity chef he he is the owner of places that we know which is a uh, kogi oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's um, the guy behind kogi and a couple of other places like uh chegg bowls and stuff uh but mainly in the la area yeah so he's good, he's um, good for the asian american fusion and yeah. latin fusion yep and it's very it's very interesting that he did that too so right. anyways I mean, off of Wikipedia, here, here you go. To show you about the Latin uh, Asian fusion, uh, he also goes by the nicknames Papi and El Guapo. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what uh, his workers call him. Yeah. Uh, most of them are Mexican workers, and uh, they really like what he's doing with their community, too. They're mm-hmm. giving them jobs and everything. So, uh, anyways, John found Roy Choi, and he hired him on as a consultant for the movie. And uh, uh, just to give you a little bit of background on Roy Choi, 
Mm-hmm. He used to work for um, one of the biggest chefs in the world, three Michelin star. Um, I think his name was uh, Jean George. Jean George. Mm-hmm. He's a chef in New York. His uh, restaurant is called Le Bernardine at the Trump Tower. I got a chance to go there and eat. Uh, I think it was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Very expensive dinner. I bet. It was like three fifty per person. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is. I, I I think it was a eight course meal. Okay. But it didn't feel like an ace course meal because there are sub meals of each course. So it's kind of like a, a, a course that they uh, were so cooking something. Co- so course 3A and 3B. Yeah. Oh. It, it's very interesting. So anyways, <laughs> at the end of the meal, I was so full. They were bringing out desserts. Everything looked so good, but I couldn't eat any of them. Mm-hmm. So I had to bring them home. Uh, they had to, to go the the chocolate ganaches and stuff but anyways which which is not really the uh 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 a good thing to do in like those type of restaurants is to have a little good to go yeah. back they don't like to yeah. do that <laughs> they don't like doggy bags because no. they usually portion everything out to be filling just right right that's why they have a lot and, of and small they, dishes they want they want it to, to present it to you the way they want yeah so anyways roy Choi has been working for jean george for a very long well, for a very long time Mm-hmm. And he was able to learn a lot of things about the French culinary. And, mm-hmm. you know, for him to work there for so long, get all these experiences, he went back to California to pretty much uh, do what he loves, which is um, uh, cooking Korean food, because that's his, he's Korean. <laughs> and oh, yeah. also uh, tacos, because, you know, he grew up in LA eating tacos. Who, do- who doesn't like tacos? Exactly. So. Uh, yeah, so John Favreau hired him on, and ever since then, uh, when the film ended, it was a heartbreak for John Favreau because when he was being consulted on every single scene that he was cooking, he was cooking with the chef, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, he really loved it because every time he um, tried to do something, he's actually learning really fast. And he's learning everything about food that he's never learned before. And as soon as the movie ended, that whole experience was gone. Yeah. Yeah. So he really wanted to dive back in. He was the one that, you know, went with uh, Roy Choi to a bunch of different restaurants, trying to learn um, about, you know, the culinary world before he made the movie. So it kind of opened his eyes to a whole different world of, you know, um, food. So that's why his inspiration for the show is so entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, So I watched the whole entire season. I binged on it. They have eight episodes total. And every single episode is about, you know, slapstick cooking. Uh, You go in, you know what you're cooking, and you cook it. And um, he shows you, like, the the home-style side and then the professional side. And it's very interesting to see because, you know, when we think about cooking at home, there are certain styles of cooking that um, a chef cooks differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff that we wouldn't even think about, you know, um, when we go to a restaurant, when they cook for us, we don't really know when we're at home. So uh, it's very interesting because John Favreau kind of fuses uh, cooking with uh, movie making. So you see some uh, some stars in, in the episodes like um 
some of the cast of Avengers when they mm-hmm. were in Atlanta filming the Avengers. Yeah. They came out to eat with uh, uh, Roy and also John. And uh, it's very interesting. I think there was a couple of uh, uh, hints here and there for future stuff that we're going to see. Um, and uh, uh, it's kind of cool to, to have a little peek at that. Um, I think Pepper Potts will be in the Spider-Man movie that's coming out. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, if you're going to watch the show or listen to this episode. Uh, I think you, you need to say spoiler alert before you make the spoiler, Anton. <laughs> well, it's already out there. Um, okay. Yeah. But so, anyways. So, so are a lot of spoilers, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one of the episodes, they have uh, Robert Rodriguez, mm-hmm. which we know from uh, the director of Alita. Yeah. Uh, he is a very big fan of cooking. And watching this uh, show really tells you something that you don't know about him. And I thought that, you know, he was a very talented guy who uh, makes really good movies, mm-hmm. produce really good stuff. Uh, and he's also a musician. He makes music for his films, which is crazy. But little did I know, he's also a very big uh, uh, cook at home. People would go to his house and just eat stuff. Yeah, uh, cooking is a little bit of an escape for some people. Like I know yeah. I like to like every now and then just try something, try to cook something new just for the hell of it, and it's like very mm-hmm. um, almost zen because just like trying to chop things perfectly, trying to get everything like perfect. It's 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 good good little escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think the one thing I really appreciate about this show is they try to cover as many uh, different things about cooking as possible. Mm-hmm. and uh I, I think that's the thing that i really like about this show and i hopefully um wish that they make a second season because at the very beginning they didn't know where they were going they didn't know if the show was even going to be uh out on any type of uh a streaming service or tv or anything yeah, like that what, the, what their outlet was going to be mm-hmm. so i'm really happy that it came out to be on netflix and um yeah, the, is the show as good as the movie, like Carl says? Um, I would say it's a pretty good show. Very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, 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 not sucked. best movie ever, not best show ever, but it's very... Uh, I don't know. I think he'll disagree with the best movie ever part. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving forward. Uh, you know what? I'll interject on this one. Uh, okay. I saw Designated Survivor Season 3. It came out on Netflix on uh, Friday. Designated Survivor is one of those shows that got hooked on probably five months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited. I think it was you're the one. You're the one that told me, "Hey, wasn't that show canceled?" <laughs> yeah, wasn't that show canceled? Uh, yes. And then Netflix luckily picked it up, and they are working on season three. Um, oh wow! And, yeah, and that's why they added uh, Designated Survivor to the Netflix lineup, so kind of get people a chance to either discover it, like I did, or refresh their memory before the third season comes out. And holy crap, dude! They stepped up this season. Uh, unlike the other season. So the other season showed you just how uh, messy our politics are and how jacked up it can be at times. Like people would be willing to screw over groups just because they wanted to twist another group's arm and getting up like something else pushed through. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it's it. they incorporated videos from real people that didn't know they were doing it for the show. So mm-hmm. it's people talking about, you know, how they think politics has been um, either has not been listening to the to them what they need mm-hmm. or it has screwed them over in some way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be anywhere from uh, people not talking about immigration, um, how it affects the local communities, to job employment, to infrastructure, to even uh, big pharmaceuticals that are changing prices on medicine that uh, is relatively cheap to make just for mm-hmm. uh, just out of corporate greed. And it's it's awesome, dude. I, it's just I, I posted it on Twitter earlier, and one of the showrunners uh, tweeted us back saying, thank you for your kind words, stuff like that. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, so this show is more like uh, focused on like the cabinet member of uh, kind of like House of Cards, but this is more about like uh, specific topics. So this is the actual. This is the actual. Uh, it follows the actual president and his yeah, and his members of his cabinet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, each character kind of have their own like little side story, but there'll be like a main story to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the one I was just watching is kind of a throwback to the uh, Alien Gonzalez case that happened a couple years ago, where you know the uh, boy came over and stuff like that, and it becomes a big political conversation about immigration meanwhile the Mm -hmm. you know this little boy is caught in the middle who has no idea what politics is has to do with his life Mm -hmm. Um, he's just stuck in between everything yeah he's stuck he just he just happened to get put into the spotlight on the national spotlight yeah um but yeah did not yeah the the first season the first episode or two Mm -hmm. i really hope that the candidates for the next next year's election watches it because I think they nailed what happened in 2016 and what the key to their victory is, is going to be in 2020. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So one question. Yeah. So we know that Kiefer Sutherland is um, the main character in it. Yes. How would you compare this to 24? (laughs) Uh, I think in this one, he's a lot more compassionate and uh, sympathetic Mm -hmm. character. Uh, but just as determined and badass at times. Mm-hmm. Um, he so like, he, he has it's mo- it's not crazy action, but it's like action in a sense of so here's doing here's things. The, here's a funny thing. <laughs> One of the other side stories I have going on throughout the season is following an FBI agent trying to like prevent terrorist attack, trying to trying to uncover conspiracies stuff like that. So it's such a weird thing. It's like West Wing meets the show Twenty Four. Yeah, <laughs> and they're going off, going on at the exact same damn time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's a weird balance, but they nail it, dude. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's good that it's uh, coming to Netflix. Uh, it's already um, on Netflix. That's it. Yeah. Just it just released on Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I also saw another movie on Netflix. It's called Always Be My Maybe, and uh, you have heard about this show, right? Yeah, uh, what's her name? Ali Wong? Yeah, Ali Wong and also um, uh, Randall Park. So, you know Ali Wong from a lot of uh, stand-up that she does? She yeah. has a couple of specials. Uh, Randall Park, which you know from uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Mm-hmm. So, these two have been... Uh, they, they knew each other for a very long time. I, I think they used to be in the improv group together. And... Uh, yeah, they've been friends for a very long time, and they thought that they should do a movie together. So they wrote this uh, movie called Always Be My Maybe, and they per- produced it. And one of the love interests in this movie is Keanu Reeves, which is very <laughs> funny. Uh, I think this is a very big Keanu Reeves episode um, that we talked about at the very beginning of the show, and we're talking about him now. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> 
So this is a really good movie. It's a rom-com, very funny. Um, I don't, I don't think we have had this many rom-coms in a long time. I, I don't think we have that many rom-coms in the movie theaters um, mm-hmm. as we used to. So this is a different pace, a different change for a rom-com being at home. Uh, it's good. It's very entertaining. Uh, I'm not surprised it didn't hit the movie theaters. Uh, yeah. I think it would have done pretty well. But also, uh, I think that it was a good thing that it was on Netflix. Um, yeah, I think rom-coms at the theater, they mainly come out in like January, early February for the Valentine's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, you're right. They're kind of far, far and few between. Yeah. Uh, and the- I don't think they they even pass like the thirty or forty thousand no. dollar uh, forty thirty or forty million it's mark yeah the same logic behind horror movies about they're cheap to make so even mm-hmm. if they make just a couple million they're profitable that's the same logic behind the rom-coms mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's a easy bet to just sell these type of movies to netflix yeah mm-hmm. uh it's been working out for them so far mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so uh basically this movie is a, a a story about uh childhood sweethearts they uh been falling in and out of love, but they don't really tell each other that they have feelings. And uh, when they do have feelings for each other, um, everything falls apart because they just couldn't w- handle each other. Okay. And they stop seeing each other for a while, and then that's when they fall in love again. So. Okay. So, is this the movie Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds, but with an Asian cast? <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm gonna be that meme no no okay so just friends is pretty close but friend zone it's more friend zone than yeah this one uh they actually go a home run uh just friends is just in the friend zone yeah 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 this one's not friend zone this is this is different i I just threw that because when i first saw the premise (laughs) of the of the the movie i was like this sounds familiar (laughs) yeah Right, yeah, but it's a good funny, uh, yeah. funny movie. Something you can watch with uh, your girlfriend. Yeah. So, so would you recommend this movie? Yeah, I would recommend this movie. Uh, I would give this movie a uh, probably three and a half. Hmm. Yeah, three and a half. That's solid. Just yeah. a rom com. Yeah. All right, Tom. Uh, speaking of movies, you ready to move on to movies? Yes. Let's do that. So last weekend we had number one, uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, with forty-seven point seven million. Uh, number two, Aladdin with forty-two point eight million. Uh, number three, Rocket Man with twenty-five point seven million. Number four, Ma with eighteen million. And fifth place, you have John Wick Chapter Three with eleven million. Um, no surprise there, except for Godzilla fell short. That yeah. is a major dive. I really thought this was getting closer to. Maybe in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's a that's a major nose there for Godzilla. Um, but I was seeing that Secret Life of Pets and Dark Phoenix had a relatively low, well, not relatively low, a uh, definitely low critic uh, critic score going into the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing saving Secret Life of Pets was that it had a high audience score. But when I posted that at the time, Dark Phoenix didn't have an audience score yet. Mm-hmm. So. Uh- did you get a chance to see Godzilla? I did not. I've been okay. kind of on a movie hiatus so far. I, I, okay. I need to get back so there. So I did get to see it. 
and I would have to say it's a decent movie. The action is very good. Comparing it to the first one. Comparing it to the first one, I like the... Actually, there's more action in this one than the previous one. Yeah, I think the first and one The first one was mainly following monsters. Oh, look, they're in the city. Oh, look, they're going through a city. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then following a bomb uh, diffuser guy that doesn't even use his skill for anything at all. I know, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, uh, yeah. In well, this, uh, the, the, oh, oh, before I forget, that was also the controversy uh, because that you had Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch playing romance. When one yeah. movie they're brother and sister, and next movie they're lovers. Yeah, it, it was uh, different. <laughs> uh, their incest uh, filled movie. Uh, yeah. So the sequel, uh, the action's really good. Story sets up for the future of the franchise. Of course. Yeah. Um, other than so, the action, I, I can't really say anything else. I mean, uh, okay, Millie did, Bobby Brown really surprised me. Okay, um, did she surprise she, you, or is she just eleven with monsters instead of with paranormal stuff? She changes it up. She, uh, I, I feel like she was more of a uh, actual teen. Okay, in this uh, movie that is playing her exact role on how she should be. Um. I don't think she put any of... It didn't feel 11 to me. Okay. Which is a good thing. Yeah. No, that was my concern watching the trailer because I'm like, okay, so she's a little bit panicky. She's hiding. She's shaky. Okay, so far 11. Oh, look, she has some sort of telekinetic powers, communication with the with the monsters. Wait, what's going on here? Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. So she broke out of the 11 mold a little bit. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they do a better job with the main with the human characters than they did with the first one. I know there was a lot of uh, okay, um, so rage. Throughout, I don't know if there's a spoiler or not. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Spoiler alert. Um, the human part, uh, they kind of clarify uh, certain aspects to how humans um, are in this, where these creatures are pretty much gods. Yeah. And um, humans are basically their pets. Yeah, no, they 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 made that quote in the trailer. Yeah, so I, I I uh, guess that that still plays into factor in this uh this so, film. So yeah, they they reference it in the, in the trailer. They literally say, "Oh, so Godzilla be our pet?" Like, no, we'd be his pet. Um, mm-hmm. and then the other part is they reference them as titans, and titans were the gods of the original gods before the Olympians took over. So they were worshipped. So yeah. it makes sense. Ooh. So, okay, uh, one thing about, uh, you know, a lot of movies that usually foreshadow, you know, what's going to happen next in yeah. the next couple of movies, they usually only foreshadow, like, at least once in the movie, just so yeah. that people can go, oh, you know, and catch it there, and probably never think about it again until later. Until they realize, this like, oh, movie, that, that's what they referenced before. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie... They referenced it like more than like one time. It's probably like at least three or four mm-hmm. times. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if I should say it or not, but I mean, it, we already talked about it in in the show. Um, but some sort of robotic solution, maybe to Godzilla? No, no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I don't think they're even going. Uh, uh, a mecha yet. solution of sorts. No. <laughs> <laughs> a mega that mecha would be... solution of sorts. <laughs> yeah, that that would be probably like set in like a thousand years later when they have like robot suits for like uh, Godzilla. So meanwhile, Japan, pff, yeah. stupid. We already have one. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's but... when Mecha Godzilla actually comes out. Um, but anyways, they kept talking about Kong. That's no surprise though. They, they, yeah. they we thought that the next Godzilla movie was going to be Kong, King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, they um, kept talking about him. They show that a lot of the characters, I mean, the monsters that are uh, coming out of their comfort zone and you know being in the limelight, but then we don't see him at all. He yeah. kept, he, uh, they keep mentioning him, but then we don't see him at all. No, but we saw that in the previous King Kong like trailers and teasers, and in the previous Godzilla movie. They talk about Monarch and stuff. Yep. Yeah, they talk about Monarch, mm-hmm. and you start to see the connection of pieces together. And mm-hmm. then you see in the trailer the different monsters referenced in the timeline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this it's no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. At this point, they're just beating a dead horse. Mm-hmm. No pun to the Sinanita <laughs> tra- racetrack nope. stuff. All right, done. Uh, so there's the other movie you saw, uh, the, some sort of Dark Bird. Yeah, Dark Bird. Yeah. Oh, so you saw this too, right? No, I did not. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. I was supposed to go today, but mm-hmm. I got busy. Okay. So, X-Men Dark Phoenix, I feel like this is their last movie. Yes. Uh, we kind of suspected that because this is the last movie that Sony made, or Fox made, uh, mm-hmm. before the Disney deal. So, the next mm-hmm. X-Men movie, when we do get them, is going to be a Disney property. Yeah. And if this is the last uh, X-Men movie of its kind for um, the, any of the whole entire series mm-hmm. from Fox... I think this is a good ending for it. I think this is a good stop for it. However, this movie itself is very stupid. <laughs> uh, was it forced? Because uh, I think that was the problem with the original Dark Phoenix in in X Men: The Last Stand. I, I felt like uh, this is not a good story to be told. Yeah, uh, I, I think the the whole concept is very cool, but. Um, other than the action scenes, because I know that the action throughout the whole entire movie is good. Um, loved that, you know, how they use their powers. Uh, mm. I think that's one main reason why a lot of people go see X-Men movies is because they'd like to see a lot of the cool action scenes. Well, especially the, like Quicksilver. Yeah, the difference with... Stuff. Oh, God, yeah, I know. Stopping, pretty much slowing down time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the thing is with the, the X movies is that their powers are feel somewhat more grounded than what you see in the mcu the mcu is very cartoonish powers um this one seems more grounded even though it's still over the top powers that you'll never gonna you're never gonna have mm-hmm. they feel more obtainable mm-hmm. um but so the problem with the original uh dark phoenix story told by fox is it was kind of forced into the movie and it was done pretty poorly that was a concern mm-hmm. going into this one by comic book fans and X-Men fans alike is that were they going to do the Dark Phoenix saga justice? Mm-hmm. And by your sound of it, it they sound it sounded forced also. Like they're trying to cram a lot of material into a movie. Yeah. Um, I felt like uh, it was very vague. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's really tough because, I mean, the actor's were amazing in this uh yeah. they, they all did it's, their thing it's story problems not actor problems yeah but i felt like uh there's a, a couple of moments in the movie where i felt like there are actions that they've done yeah because um of actual personal reasons from the real life that's affecting the movie itself scheduling um, or like personal 
personal. Okay. Uh, like Jennifer Lawrence. She doesn't want to do any other X-Men movie. Yeah. She's contracted into doing this movie. And the way they wrote her in this one, I felt like it was little... It felt like something's missing. Okay, so they wrote her in very minimal. She's in it, but she's not really in it. Yeah, she's in it for a good portion of the movie, but okay. it felt like it shouldn't be like that. It should have been yeah. more. Yeah, and uh, and then that's what sucks because people when, when actors tap out, and it's good that like certain MCU actors they are able to say call it quits because I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know Disney's more than willing to renew certain contracts, but mm-hmm. uh, there's others to say you know what I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's, it's like walking out of a relationship before it beces too toxic. You're like I'm good. Yeah, yeah. so here. Um, so I'm trying my best not to like, no, really not, spoil I, anything. Yeah, but like yeah. you know how like for example how mcu when they take care of like uh, uh moments for specific characters mm-hmm. um losses and stuff yeah uh in this movie they don't deal in a way where it's like enough justice as what uh the the mcu does it they don't slow down time and play dramatic music music and see and slowly show everybody's no, no, no. everybody's reactions the music in this is good the music is good yeah. Uh, it's just that the way that it's written, um, it doesn't really do yeah. justice, enough justice. Because so, the person who wrote the music for this, scored it, was Hans Zimmer. So okay. you He's can't go J- wrong. Yeah, he did uh, the Batman... Inception. Dark, Dark Knight, or did he all the Batmans? Dark, all, all the Batmans. Okay. Uh, yeah. and, uh, Dark Knight. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and I knew this story was going to be a problem because... The last one, X Men: Age of Apocalypse, was it Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one felt so scattered. Like it, it's it's uh, the character Psylocke, who's supposed to be so powerful, is kind of a throwaway character in that movie. Um, they they kind of teased the Dark Phoenix uh, saga in that one, and they didn't really explain it. They didn't really explore it. They just kind of it. They they it, it almost looks like they threw it in there just to say that they. They, they they teased it. it yeah they teased it ahead yeah. and it was coming yeah i i think that's a big thing that uh, is very hard to do hard to juggle is having too many characters in the movie mcu does it very well uh i mean they do it really well because yeah. they give each character their own movies um not every character but the main characters yeah and it, it kind of so- gives you enough justice because you understand and you love those characters and you've already seen enough of them. So it, it's okay for you to not see them as much in the movie because you can see them elsewhere. This movie, however, the characters that you do fall in love with, they don't get enough screen time. So here's the difference, though. With Avengers, and I'm pulling up right now, um, yeah. the characters have such a short time on screen but they do so much with that time uh let's see here the character that had the most time on so the two characters on that had the most time on screen for avengers endgame which was which is what three and a half hour movie Mm -hmm. was captain american iron man each with just over an hour Mm -hmm. uh the next one thor with 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and it's 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 ridiculous like it's i mean uh Captain Marvel was in it for 15 minutes, and but the, all these characters played such a key role in this, and it, it, it's probably story 
story driven, but also um, poor use of character time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's how I feel about the, the X-Men series in general. Uh, <laughs> poor time as <laughs> The one character that we do love and can't get enough of, and they do do right, is Wolverine. Damn it. Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. So I, I have been seeing a lot of posts about Hugh Jackman being more than willing to reprise his role of Wolverine under the MCU. Also, I'm like, bro, like he's not going to do it. Like he like, he got so beat up training for those movies. Um, the reason he quit is because he said like it, it it's too much on his body. Like yeah. he seems like a 40 something year old should not be putting his body through this much stuff. And you see that in, in his movies as they progress. He got more and more ripped every single movie to the point where that last one, he was all veined out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So what would you give uh, Dark Phoenix Saga or the Dark Phoenix movie? Uh, I would give it a uh, uh, 3.6. Okay. And I know it's been a while, but mm-hmm. what would you have rated X-Men Age of Apocalypse? I kind of want to see if it goes I would. In. I would give it a 3.8 on that one because I actually enjoyed that one because it it had a lot of characters that you didn't see from the X-Men series yeah. that they did put into the movie, and I really appreciate what they did. Uh, but other than that, uh, it, it, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't the greatest, but it was, it was much better than this I, one. I have a I feeling know, that, you're point, that you're point too higher on Age of Apocalypse because it had Poe Dameron in it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anton. A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't look like him. All right, Anton. Uh, so before we wrap up, uh, if people want to support our saga, <laughs> our our dark phoenix darkness, okay, uh, <laughs> they can help us by going to our website at www.the2oc.com and uh, maybe buy a sticker or a t-shirt. And if there was something that we talked about on the show that um, kind of interests, you know, the the peak. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's the sticker. Um, <laughs> I was looking for the stickers. I'm like, wait, oh, I have one on my phone. Yeah. Uh, they can go to our uh, uh, our links anywhere on our Twitter page or Instagram or anywhere that has a Amazon banner. Oh, mm-hmm. Take them to the Amazon website to buy anything that can give us a little kickback. Yes, sir. All right, Anton. Uh, if people want to follow us on social media, they can follow us at at the 2OC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also send us an email to mail at the 2OC.com uh, to subscribe to us on your favorite podcaster app. Uh, happy to announce that we are now available on the iHeartRadio app. So just search the 2OC, all one word, and subscribe to us on there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in good company on that app. I like it. Yep. Um, there's certain cer- certain notes I want to make to the app, but other than that, it's a good app. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Uh, get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash the 2OC. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from, and you can use it on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's right. Uh, I don't know if they do any cooking cookbooks on Audible. I you can check that out. I don't know how they but one thing I would recommend is uh, what's called, uh, the, the book series called uh, What Einstein Ta- uh, Told the Chef. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to say here. Okay. Um, pretty much it's a book that's kind of breaking down the chemistry of cooking. And it just explained to you, it explained to you like what the importance of it. Well, t- 
Tell you what, I actually bought a book today. It's called um, The Food Lab. Yeah, The Food Lab. It's by uh, Kenji Lopez. Mm -hmm. Kenji Lopez Jr. Uh, you probably see him in a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, he did one with Adam Savage where they uh, cook different styles of steak. Mm. And uh, they basically tasted um, what it would taste like at different temperatures and uh, what type of uh, sear you need to do on a piece of steak. Uh, would you use a flamethrower? Uh, would you use a uh, Bunsen burner? What would you use to get a perfect sear? Yeah. All right. So the book is called What Einstein Told His Cook, Kitchen mm -hmm. Science Explained. And if you like the how it's good eats with Alton Brown, you'll like this one. Um, yeah, I just print up the table of context. Sounds really very technical. It can be, but it's all very interesting stuff. So uh, one, one chapter is called Turf and Surf. Uh, is a rare steak bloody? What makes ground beef brown? Is prime rib prime, rib, prime beef? Uh, why is meat near the, near the bone sweet sweetest? Uh, what do bones contribute to a stock and stuff like that. So it kind of breaks it down more so you understand what you're cooking. Mm -hmm. And I love it because it, it doesn't just walk you through recipes. You get what each thing is doing. So this mm -hmm. this book made me appreciate how complex an egg is. An Wait, egg do you is, have that book or did you? I used Audible. I used Audible for this okay. one. Okay. Um, but it gives you me like, I mean, the importance of an egg. An egg provides both. The egg white, which is provides the firmness and structure that a cake or some sort of pastry would need, but the mm -hmm. fat is also perfect to give it moisture. Wow. So if you want to make okay. if you want to make something more firm and solid, use take out the the yolk and just use the egg white. If you want to make it more moist, throw in more egg yolk. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the book that I told you that I bought, it's like this thick. Oh crap. Uh, people can't hold it up. It's Anton just extending his index finger and his thumb. Yeah, imagine your 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 uh, okay. So let's say it's the uh, iPhone, uh, the biggest size X? plus, uh, or XS Max. Okay. Yeah. So half of your phone. So, so what about sideways? <laughs> sideways. Uh, yeah, it's about yeah. Yeah, that's okay. how thick the book yeah, is. So if you're holding your your cam your phone in landscape mode, that's that thick. Yeah, so kind of similar to uh, what you were saying, this book tells you exactly like uh, what happens to a boil boiled egg every 30 seconds. So he basically did an experiment where he put in 24 eggs and he would take one egg out every 30 seconds yeah. and he would cut it in half to show you what happens every 30 seconds. Damn, so you can find the perfect egg yeah. for you. Yeah. All right, Anton, uh, is that it? Is that a, yep, did we that's cover it. Sweet. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, for the 2OC, I'm Al Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. See you guys. See you. Anton, the heat's back. It's going to get hotter when I record. Oh, no. <laughs> I, don't rec I don't miss recording in the summer. Yeah.